Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and direct from our own galaxy, this is Four Center Presents Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to take cues of the other. You've got some questions. 
We've got some answers and some fun ones, as always today, and some that maybe make us think a little bit. Uh, before we get to all that, we want to remind you, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's a good way to support the show and support your mind. Joseph, uh, we have a recommendation that you uh, put out there on the previous episode that I think is great for this season. Uh, what is it? Yeah, I want uh, people to join me in experiencing Dracula by Bram Stoker. I am rereading the novel. Uh, You could listen to it and you could hear uh, the new chicken recipes that uh, Jonathan Harker is discovering and hear about Dracula crawling around on walls like a lizard. Uh, (laughs) If that (laughs) piques your interest, you should definitely check out this audiobook. Check it out. Uh, you can do so. Uh, like I said, support the show in the process by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. We also have an ask segment that we always just uh, politely, humbly sit before you and say, hey, here's something to consider. Uh, I'll start it off and then pitch it to you, Joseph. We're asking you to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash force center. And we have a new goal. We're close to hitting. It's a field trip goal. But Joseph, uh, what is it and what do we got going on? It is a field trip, uh, but it it, it is a a special event episode, which uh, has been really good. The way that uh, it can uh, help us. It's one thing to just go like, hey, can you check out the Patreon? The reason that we have the goals is to kind of try to build to something new and exciting and fun so we're not just saying go to Patreon. And that's been working really well to do the kind of smaller increments. And uh, in the special episode that we would love to do next is the three of us taking this uh, field trip uh, to the outdoor shopping mall, The Grove, uh, where we can sample one another's favorite desserts. And uh, then we're going to record some little videos while we're doing it, while we're eating cheesecake, donuts, and pie. And then we're going to do a whole podcast episode about the dessert experience. And uh, if you're interested at all in helping us get there, you can go to patreon.com slash center. Do it. Check it out. Help us out. It's all about helping uh, everyone, but us today. Helping helping the people. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. All right. Made it better. Made it better. Uh, Joseph, we got some great questions from our uh, listeners here. Uh, so let's dive on into the cues of the other. Yeah. These come to us from uh, patrons on Patreon. Uh, the first one comes to us from Anthony King. Anthony says, hey, Four Center. My wife and I are currently in the process of moving to a different state where we do not have friends or family close by. How do you recommend ways that we can foster a community of support within our new home and area? Uh, I think this is a fascinating question. Uh, mm-hmm. I have uh, some ideas. I don't know if they're all good. <laughs> and I also think a lot of it depends on on the uh, the area as well, because uh, I've definitely had an interesting experience um, with uh, Minneapolis. Socializing in Minneapolis is just different than socializing in Los Angeles. And it makes me very curious to, to, you know, know experiences from other cities and how their geography and their culture uh, affect these kind of uh, building new community. Uh, so where do you go with this one, Ken? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have the, the, the direct experience like you have, but I do have um, – because I think the, the big thing here with Anthony is, is he and his wife, he and his partner moving. And, and uh, uh, Anthony is, is a great, insightful cat. I've had a chance to meet he and his wife and talk about some of the things we love. And he has a great uh, – podcast out there too so that's kind of where you can start anthony but for me i any big move i've done in my life uh, has been by myself and and so there's a different approach to forming a community it it, it, it is with things that i have interest in the things that i have to do like like work 
Um, and the one thing I think I have learned is it does take a little bit of time, but then also uh, that new community and that, that circle of support is present and powerful, even though you sometimes overlook it. Meaning there's, here's where I go, where I have, I have known um, some people now 20 plus years of living in LA. There's some people I met my first year or two in LA at my uh, security job and I still call them friends and I still uh, consider them close friends, but I still have this thing in the back of my head as they're the new friends I made in LA. <laughs> and I've known them longer than the people from my past life in my hometown and high school, all that kind of stuff. And it took me a few years to realize the thing that I thought I was still missing. Cause I would go back to my hometown. It was blessed to only be, you know, it's about two and a half hours, three hours from it. And I'd sit up there and I get a little depressed of like, I don't have this in LA. I don't have um, the feeling, even though I have my regular haunt, my grocery store I go to, or the restaurant I like, which was really just a Chili's, all that stuff. I don't have the familiarity I have in my hometown and maybe I shouldn't have left. Maybe I need that support here. I did have it and I did make lifelong connections. I just didn't see it right away. Um, so you have a chance to kind of rebuild some things. I used to uh, did talk about this in my, my old uh, podcast feed of, of, of even just switching neighborhoods in LA is it's different. Like LA is so spread apart. If, if you move from Studio City to Burbank, that's maybe a 10 minute car car ride at times, but it's an entire different world. And so you got to find your new favorite uh, dry cleaner. You got to find your new favorite gas station, new favorite 7 Eleven. And those routines will breed some of the community support you're looking for. Um, that's where I start. I don't know where you go. You have you have the big experience, Joseph, of doing <laughs> Yeah. And I think, uh, I think my experience is multifaceted because it has to do about uh, city. Uh, but it also has to do, I think, with age up to a point. Um, but I think the thing that I've really uh, come to think about this is um, I think uh, I feel lucky to have lots of friends in Los Angeles. And when 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 Anthony says uh, foster a community of, uh, of support within our new home and area, I sometimes kind of go down my list of like, if I'm in trouble, <laughs> mm-hmm. do I have people to call, um, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I do, but it's all, it's, it's, there are communities, um, but, 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 uh, I feel like I have a, a, a collection of, uh, separated friends and not always community. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I look back on, on my time in Minneapolis, uh, I had community for a couple of reasons. Uh, one was, uh, just, uh, age in, in life circumstance that, um, a bunch of us uh, became friends when we were all in our, you know, uh, mid mid to twenties, er, yeah, early yeah. mid end of the, this friend group, um, mm. and a lot of us took similar life paths. So we were we all were when we all wanted to hang out and play board games all night. Uh, we were all doing that. We all got married around the same time. A lot of us didn't have kids, so we were kind of in the the same space. But mm. then those communities really. Uh, were solidified by activities, by doing theater, by having a specific, you know, specific parties that we did. Uh, my friends mm-hmm. host an annual bar crawl, which was like kind of our friend groups, you know, that yeah. it, that's like, that's, you got 4th of July, <laughs> you got Halloween, you got bar crawl day. It was like a holiday. So we had all these um, things, these activities that bound the different groups together. And, and over the years, even, I look on, on like social media, Facebook in particular, I started out with lots of pockets of, of friends and different acti- activities and uh, doing theater and, and performing at a science fiction convention were different worlds. And like 
they've slowly morphed together where almost all mm. of my friends know each other and our friends. And it's like, sometimes like, and since I've left you and like, oh, these two people that I've known for 20 years have become best friends in the last 10 years, but barely knew each other before. Right. Um, and I think Minneapolis, uh, in St. Paul, the Twin Cities are, are, uh, are spaces that foster that kind of community with the way a lot of the scenes are set up. Mm. Um, mm. Los Angeles, as everybody jokes, is physically scattered of like, you, you'll yeah. meet a friend and like, we should hang out all the time, but you do live <laughs> yeah. several yeah. miles away. And we could be best friends if we got together at 2 a.m. on Tuesdays only, uh, because then maybe we could make it through the traffic quickly. So true. Uh, there's, the, there's the physical scattering. I also think that in Los Angeles, because a lot of the people that I know are uh, gig based, they're writers, performers, podcasts. It's not like, of course, we all have this day off um, right, right, to right. do things. So I, I will admit, I, I feel like I have a ton of individual great friends or a little circle of three or four friends or that kind of thing. And I feel like there are some communities that are like, I'm welcome to <laughs> go to the party, but I'm not central to that community yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And in in my thinking about that and my wife and I discussing it, this is where get get around to attempting to uh, answer Anthony's question. I, I think the best way to find community is to, to find uh, things like events that are regular, that they are routine mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that, and I, I know lots of other people have that experience in, in LA where we all talk about it, where, um, and I'm sure many other places in the world just talk about my own experience, but the, the, we should do lunch joke. Yeah. Cause you'll hang out with somebody and you'll legitimately really like one another and want to spend time together. But because mm -hmm. you're trying to find it as a one-off event and you maybe got 10 people, like right. you just, it, it's a, it starts to become a time issue where like I have friends where I, uh, I know I want to get together with them. I know they want to get together with me and we try and then we cancel and there's no, like they're mm -hmm. canceling cause we don't like each other. It's totally like, yeah, I know you got to, you, you got to pitch tomorrow or, you know, you're trying yeah. to finish, you know, this podcast, but the water's off. Like, um, mm -hmm. so for mm -hmm. me, I think it's, if you can have whatever interest you have, you know, can you have a yeah. board game night? Uh, mm -hmm. do, do you want to go to the, you know, do you want to have movie parties where you introduce each other to movies? Do you want to take, you know, dance lessons with this specific group of people, uh, you know, a sport, whatever it is. I mm. think the times I've had successful community is when I have uh, found a routine. So it's not a special event and it's something yeah. that people can kind of begin to cluster around of seven of us, maybe 10 people come in and out, all do this. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it's a part of your life. It's a part of your routine. And I think that's what builds community. Yeah. Making those new routines. Yeah. And, uh, and just being open to it, right? And it seems like Anthony and his wife will be uh, making a good decision, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, just going, hey, this is this is where we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. up there, that's good. Yeah. It's brave. Yeah. We did risks this week. It's risky. <laughs> I also think that um, the, there are so many ups and downs with social media, mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I think that a lot of us are having that experience where we it's, it community feels weird and different because community used to be the people that you physically saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. But now we all have like, I don't know, not uh, all of us, uh, but I think a lot of people have 
here are the handful of people I physically see in the world. And then here are my 200 ghost friends on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I legitimately like would probably be there for me if I, I reached out. But it's just kind of, we, we have kind of two different mm-hmm. versions of community. We have the, the in, in the physical world and in the digital world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think it's a, it's a bit of a bonus. It's the good side of it. You can still reach out easily to those close to you and feel close enough, even though, uh, yeah, they're not right in front of you. But there's something valuable about what Anthony and, and what you're talking about. Yeah. That, that tangible world. The tangible world. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I would say for for Anthony, having been through this experience, is um, obviously that you, you, you want community in support in your new home and area. But also just remembering that, you know, this is a golden time to stay connected to friends yeah. uh, from physically distant places. Uh, I think one of the good things that came out of the, you know, world altering event of the pandemic uh, for many people is just being a little bit more okay with online gatherings. Um, mm-hmm. Even like you and I were die hard. You were, you podcast live period. Mm-hmm. You know, we never would have done this. And now right. <laughs> oh, we're always in our sweatpants talking to each other on the computer. <laughs> um, it, along those same lines, I, you know, I have a group of friends in Minneapolis that I used to play role-playing games with. And I was like, I guess we could do it online, but it isn't going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I've been playing a, a, a you know, mostly weekly, uh, often canceled, but mostly weekly uh, role-playing game with some old friends. And it's great. And, and it's mm-hmm. made me feel that I am still connected to that community, even though I'm not physically there. So I yep. think, you know, a, a physical move is a change, but it isn't entirely an ending of a community. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to remember too. You can still, yeah, still find your way. Good stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Even, even sometimes, uh, you know, Starting a, you know, a new podcast. That's another community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any kind of uh, working together is definitely a yeah. uh, building community. I have one last thing to ask you about on this topic, Ken. Um, yeah, yeah. I have been trying to get better about if I think of something uh, that I want to text a friend, just just text them. You, in my opinion, are a texting monster. Uh, oh, you yeah. You maintain multiple text conversations with many, many people. Often when you and I are just catching up, you're like, I'm, I was texting so-and-so. And yeah. uh, do you feel like that uh, is a way to build community to just have quick, no big mm-hmm. deal conversations more often on texting? I, I Yeah, I think so. I, I'm scrolling because what happens is I'll, I'll miss one. Um, I, uh, you know, oh, see how Lublin it's been a few days since I text out. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's a, I, don't love phone calls, right? I, I, it's, it's, and that's a selfish reason. I just, it takes too much of my attention. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, I, there's so many things going on in my life. I have a couple friends who are still the, ah, don't text me, get on the phone. And I love the idea and, and to have that connection in an old school kind of way, but it's also important. But man, that's not where I'm at right now. So having that conversation, I can just go back to, or you get in your, you have your ongoing threads. I think we all have that, you know, and then you have the different, you have to make sure you text, text the right thread. Is it the Mark Ellis Makuga thread or is it the, the Mark Ellis Christian Ruvacaba thread? What, which one is, which one? Is? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's just once it really became easy to text, because remember we all had the ones where you had to press the keys 17 times to get to the right letter you wanted back in the day with those razor phones and everything. Once it really became easy and I could do it on my computer, that's when it changed. When I tied it into my MacBook mm-hmm. and I could just sit there and type you paragraphs, which are annoying. I try not to do that, but I can sometimes go along. Um, it just became easy for me. And that's how I can just, 
I'm, I'm big on the, um, I try and I have to remind myself, it doesn't come naturally to like, Oh, I haven't heard from that friend in a few days. Let me text him. Uh, let me text her, see how it's going on. Um, you have the benefit of not needing, needing to get texts from me because I talk to you once to twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> but other people don't, you know? So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think it's a great habit to get into. Uh, mm-hmm. So well done. Uh, any other thoughts for Anthony before we move on? Anthony, you're going to do well. That's what I'll say. You're going to do well. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, you know, Anthony put in this question a little while back, so he might already have like you know, eight new podcasts and a bowling league and who knows what else. Yeah, absolutely. An archery team. Who knows what, what <laughs> Anthony's got going on? Let us know. Maybe we got some ideas uh, for uh, the way people in Los Angeles can build a better community. Uh, moving on to a question from Elias. Uh, Elias says, I could use some fashion inspiration (laughs) so how about fashion center what are the best clothes for work play the beach etc is it okay to wear a cape what about driving a car with a creature mask on it to avoid having to put on sunscreen and or make eye contact with others well as you can tell my (laughs) idea of what constitutes clothes is a bit wide-ranging so i could use some other center Hmm. wisdom this is the part of the program where I apologize to Elias that uh, Jennifer wasn't able to join us for this episode of Cues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because I think Jennifer uh, has has great fashion uh, knowledge and insight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, where you go, Ken? Well, I'm going to cheat number one because I'm traveling the week of recording. So I already made the thumbnail for this episode to put on YouTube. And it is the picture of you with your cape, which is one of the greatest photos of all time. Uh, <laughs> perhaps overused on our thumbnails. Yeah, perhaps. But it's it's a it's a wonderful photo. Uh, is it okay to wear a cape? I mean, when am I ever going to have a chance to use it so specifically uh, again? Uh, is it okay to wear a cape? I mean, I think so. I wish more people brought it back because I'd like to wear a good, uh, powerful cape there. Um, but all this stuff sounds, uh, it's all about comfort level and maybe safety level, a creature mask and a driving a car might not go together. Be careful with that. Uh, but, um, I will say I'm not a fashion plate, never have been, but, uh, I'm more comfortable with what I'm wearing now because I have a little bit, I've decided what I want to be and what I want to feel like in that clothes. And it feels comfortable, but it also feels not unique. A lot of people can you know, I'm a, I'm a bearded comic with a beanie. Like I could f- find 50 of those at the comic store mm-hmm. Friday night, but I feel, I feel real comfortable in my own skin in a way I hadn't felt before. And I used to dress it a certain way outside of work with, I used to joke w- in the height of dressing like it, I look like an off duty FBI agent. And, and I, I don't feel it, it, like I didn't like it, but I, I just felt I had another, no other choice. Mm-hmm. And, and, I had tried in the nineties um, to, you know, when I was in radio, not that I felt needed to dress rock and roll or, but I just wanted to have a little more personality in how I dressed. I, at one point I did paint my nails black. I dyed my hair black, um, tried that. Um, and it was fun, but it took, took a little too much, too much work for me at the time. But I went to a, a party for a radio station and I tried to dress up a little fancy, a little bit more like quote a rock star. And I felt so embarrassed by it, but 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 the problem was I want that that was more me than how I dressed. You know what I mean? Mm. And I was too afraid to lean into that and be comfortable and with that. Um, and it took me a while. It took me a while to just you know. Again, I'm not I, I I pretty simple dress right now. But um, even you know I own a, a bright pink beanie I got in Paris. It's one of my favorite things to wear, and it stands out. You know, and that was something I wouldn't do. I was 
uh, sensible black shoes. I intentionally would get black shoes so that no one could see my feet. Baggy blue jeans and a black polo shirt. That's all I wore. And it wasn't right for me. It wasn't right for me. <laughs> right for you. It could be right for you, Eli. It, but it was like, and, 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 and eventually it was like, no, I want to do something else. And, um, and that's, it, it, it's about the self-confidence. If you can pull off the creature mask and feel good about it, then do it. Yep. I, I think it is all about uh, comfort on multiple levels. And I think mm-hmm. one of the comforts is saying, uh, I want to have a fashion statement. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to look the way I want to look. And I, you know, I can't speak to, uh, modern times. I guess I don't know what the, what the experience, uh, of, of maybe younger men is, um, in, in the year 2023, I don't know how old mm-hmm. Elias is. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think I was definitely affected by a little bit of the, the sort of, um, gross gendered women should, you know, work real hard on their, their appearance and make a statement. And, and men should, maybe you got one nice suit. If you're going, if you got to go to a wedding, maybe you have one nice suit. Anything else is kind of, you know, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? You know? Right. 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 Um, so I think that, uh, for myself, I, it, it took me a while to, to say, I want to really make choices and make statements. Mm. Um, and, and not statements really to the, uh, to the, to the outside world, but more to myself. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I think that like the first level of, of comfort is, is giving yourself permission to, to say like, yeah, I have every right to build my identity, build my appearance. Um, and it's, you know, and, and nobody else needs to, as long as I'm not endangering others, as long as my cape <laughs> doesn't have knives hanging from it and swishing it around, like, I'm expressing myself. That's not okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the the creature mask should have large eye holes uh, with peripheral vision while driving. Large safe uh, ones, yes, yes. Large <laughs> safe, yeah. You got to be able to to check the rear view, <laughs> check your blind spot in the creature mask, then you're all good. Um, yeah, and then I think it really is about comfort of how do you feel. Uh, there's looking in the mirror and seeing how you look, but then there's a how do you feel, and for me, it changes uh, a mm. lot. Um, Mm. Uh, I, I think it was r- around 2008, 2009, I wanted to have a little bit more ownership of, uh, of the way I look mm-hmm. and, uh, made some different hair choices. And that's when I really started wearing, uh, all black. And I had got the, uh, at the time red Converse shoes. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd worn them in a couple of shows, but in particular, I got my first pair of red Converse shoes, shoes, uh, playing a farmer talking about wheat at the Mill City Museum. <laughs> so it didn't start off as like, I'm a fashion plate. I was just like, I kind of like these red Converse. What if I combine them with the black all the time? That feels like me a little bit uh, understated, mm-hmm. a little uh, gothy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with this, this, pop of color that that felt like me and it felt right and uh and i've been that's what i've mostly been doing i recently said it's okay to have change and i've been wearing blue converse instead of red converse mm. um and i've been enjoying the change it's been really fun i can i still have the red ones i can go back to red anytime yeah. i can wear a different color every day if i want um yeah but i did post a picture on instagram uh in london which is the kind of one of the first times i was just like i feel like wearing the blue ones so i'm going to because i get to choose and somebody reacted to a photo of a friend from Minneapolis uh, saying like, it looks great. It looks like you're having fun. What's this with blue shoes? Where are your red shoes? 
Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, no, I love hearing this uh, and, and you know, tracing the different, um, I don't know, there, it's such, it is such a statement. And, and, and uh, by the way, you know, when I slow, I adjusted to, to a, a, a slimmer cut of jeans, not skinny jeans. I just tighter, slimmer cut, uh, black jeans, black t-shirt. And I, and I've said this to you before on and off air, I think, but out of respect for you, I've never purchased red shoes. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of other multicolored Converse, but I've never purchased because I come from the pro wrestling world. That's your gimmick. That's not going to be my gimmick, <laughs> gimmick being the, the, the ring attire that, that people wear is, is the term for it. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I've avoided that and, and I don't have blue, so we're good. I do have blue shoelaces, but, um, yeah, but, it, but, but, but there, I love to talk about the ownership and, and there's, and there's seasons of it there. I, I talk about the blue jeans and the polo shirt, um, simple look, but like there was, um, I did not own a suit in my life until 2005. My dad never owned one. My dad looked down upon it. I, I don't know why I think he's more uncomfortable with it than just doesn't like it. Cause I, I know, cause I, I inherited that hard wiring a little bit where if I'm uncomfortable, I attack something to, to make me feel bit better about my uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. So he never felt comfortable in a suit for whatever reason. I don't know the whole story, but so he never owned one. And I, in my entire life, I was told, you don't, don't, that's just silly to wear a suit. You don't need a suit. And I even went to a, a, a church that was a pretty, the, the pastor, like, I don't want to say he made a rule that no one could wear ties, but it, you would feel out of place if you weren't in like, sandals and shorts because it was like a <laughs> church right so it wasn't until 2005 i'd, I'd attend a, a, a wedding and i'd gone to many weddings before then um and i just all put on a, a button-up dress shirt and then i'll learn to do a tie badly but no suit no suit and i was like no i want to get a nice suit and it, it felt as though i was um not fighting my mother and father but it felt like i was like <laughs> i'm gonna do this for myself and then that turned into a job that needed one uh, and that became part of my identity for a while. And, and, and that the whole pit boss thing, the schmoes thing came just because I had to wear a suit to work. And then I'd go straight there to the studio, but it was a fun era. I had like at one point 14 suits, I think. Mm. And I own zero now. I own zero. I'm back to where I was. I own a jacket, <laughs> a jacket. Um, but it was a good time and it, and it felt good at the time to be like, no, I'm going to, this is where I'm at and I'm going to own this look. And cause yeah. it makes me feel a certain way. Yeah. And I, and I love suits and I love wearing them when, when I'm doing the right kind of show or the right kind of event. Um, yeah. I, I think that uh, suits are the kind of thing of like, it is about the cut. Absolutely. But it is also like, I think the fashion thing is just kind of like, what's your, what's your vibe? What do you like? What are you, you know? And I think, uh, I think for both you and I, we have a mix of uh, both the sort of, uh, we like a certain amount of precision Mm-hmm. And we like a certain amount of improv. And there's something about a suit that's like, uh, it's kind of precise, but you, you know, you loosen the tie just a little bit. And now it's like, oh, wow, who's, who's this wild person with the slightly loose tie and the sharp suit? It's, you know, there's so many ways to sort of express yourself within that one thing of a suit. Um, yeah. I think the other thing for me, and, and I, 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 uh, I assume that Elias is joking up to a point <laughs> yeah. about uh, wearing a cape or all that. The other thing for me is, uh, you know, I have, uh, uh, like all of us, uh, uh, a, uh, a split between the extrovert and the introvert. And mm-hmm. there's some things that, like, there's a part of me that does just want to wear a cape. Um, but right. then there's a part of me that's like, I'd like to wear a cape for myself. I don't want to talk to everybody about my cape. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So that's, the, that's another level of comfort of, like, for mm-hmm. whatever... Uh, event I'm going to, even if it's just going to the grocery store, 
mm-hmm. going to see a friend do a show or whatever, what do I feel comfortable in physically and emotionally? Like I have this, uh, one, uh, uh, Batman t-shirt that for some reason people really like, and I've, I've tried it to make sure it's not just, uh, a one-off, but I've worn that. I wore that Batman shirt to a couple movies and I, I take a good long walk down Hollywood Boulevard to a movie theater and I would get like five or six different people from all walks of life going, nice Batman shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so sometimes I'm, when I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling friendly, I'm feeling outgoing, I'm going to put on the Batman shirt <laughs> and have people talk to me. And the other days were just like, I am in my head. I'm alone. I want to be alone. I'm not wearing the Batman shirt today because I don't want to talk to people about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And I, I think about that for fashion too, of like, what, what, uh, what is the expression that you want? Do you want, you should be able, you should dress however you want that makes you feel the most comfortable, but there still is that choice of like, what's going to drive engagement and do I want it or not today? Yeah. That was going to be my final um, area of discussion in this question is, is the, the, the nerd stuff and how that's, and I, I know, you, you and I probably have similar journeys, but I think you, you were a little bit more comfortable at, more earlier on than I was. Um, again, but I didn't, I didn't hang out with you in 2003. I don't know. Um, but uh, the, I'm to the point now where I don't express a lot of my love for some of the fandoms that I have via t-shirts or hats. Cause I just don't want the conversations good or bad sometimes. Um, maybe I'll get to it again. Uh, but the moment at about 2011 or 12, where a lot of those shirt companies were popping up with the, you know, what if Khaleesi had a cereal? Oh, could you imagine Dragonos? Like all those ripped apparel, T-Pulp kind of shirts were popping up. It was, it w- it felt really good to to finally be able to lean into that from some of my upbringing, some of just even the job I'd been in the world and the friends I'd had, where the fact that I owned a, a Princess Leia shirt for years was, uh, was something to be mocked. Right. Mm. And, and that um, a Return of the Jedi shirt I had that I used to wear in the elementary school would get me physically assaulted. Right. Like you and I emerged from that era. Um, and, and Jen would agree. So to be able to, you know, around the time of starting to get more into digital media stuff, to, but to be, yeah, guess what? Look at this shirt. It's, it's what if Indiana Jones was this? Like it, 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 it felt really good too. Uh, part, talking about ownership and comfortable in your own skin that was a, that was a big moment and then and then and then it's okay that i'm not in that anymore right we it's, it's eras it's it's periods of of your life yeah yeah it's, it's uh, what you feel like yeah yeah and, and for me i i have a specific kind of shirt uh, pop culture shirt i like I, I i don't like the ones that are like busy even when it's like hey that's one of my favorite comic book covers of all time i don't want to wear a whole busy comic book cover like mm-hmm. I want, I, I, I want iconography. I want like a simple image that represents a much larger idea. So mm-hmm. I, I try to go for just like one single logo. So even within like my pop culture shirts, I feel like I have a fashion that feels like me, that feels mm-hmm. comfortable. I'm the kind of person who goes around using words like iconography to <laughs> discuss my t-shirt choice. <laughs> and that's what that uh, tells people. I also have some shirts that I don't mean this in a, in a hipster way at all. I mean it in a, in a good finding community way of like the only people who would recognize this to bring it up to me uh, mm-hmm. would be an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly with that galaxy far away after, you know, a lot of, uh, people having some real strong opinions about a couple movies in a row, you know, <laughs> wearing, wearing a Millennium Falcon shirt meant 
there's good odds that if anybody brings this up to me, they're going to tell me what they don't like. And am I up mm-hmm. for that today? Yeah. Um, but like um, in, in the James Bond uh, literary world and in, in the movies, but it's it's there in the literature too. The the cover name for MI6 is Universal Exports. So Bond, you know, give people his card and say, I'm from Universal Exports. Um, mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. a, a, a Universal Exports t-shirt. So the only people who are going to bring that up to me are people who are all the way into James Bond. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that's a great conversation because people are like, is that, where did you get that? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those, it, it, so again, to me, it's all about inviting the kind of uh, uh, interaction that you want that makes you feel comfortable that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah that the, uh, discuss that all too much, but yeah, I have a, a pretty basic, uh, Imperial, this, the design of the hallways and the Death Star and their ships and all that stuff, right? And and I have that shirt and and I got rec- one day at some at a bar, someone was like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey!" And our friend Darina, who's wonderfully snarky, turns to me and goes, "I bet that makes you feel good." <laughs> it's like it does, it does, <laughs> it does, and there's nothing wrong with it. And this is definitely uh, a a discussion that uh, I wish Jennifer was here for because I know that yeah. it gets very very complex when uh, women want to express themselves and then. Uh, yeah. A lot of people have lots of reactions and feel free to uh, engage in ways that they shouldn't. Um, and uh, yeah. I want to acknowledge that in which uh, Jennifer was here to speak to it with more uh, experience and wisdom. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So I, I love uh, this question, Elias. It's very fun. And uh, l- last year on Halloween, uh, my wife and I w- took a walk around the neighborhood where all the uh, the kids were trick-or-treating and a bunch of parents also had a little bit of dress up. And uh, I-, I might wear my cape for a Halloween night walk because that feels like a comfortable time and place for me <laughs> to wear my cape. Love that. Love <laughs> Otherwise, catch that cape on the live stream and the thumbnails. Uh, any other thoughts, Ken, before we take a quick break? Uh, no, no, that is it. Wear what you want. Wear what makes you feel good. Exactly. You being comfortable is uh, the most important fashion thing, I think. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we are back with one more cue here in our episodes. Cues of the other. This comes to us from Brian Babcock. Brian says, hello, so, hello, Joseph, Ken, and Jen. Again, I'm sorry, Jen. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Brian says, I'm curious who your all-time favorite actors are. Mm-hmm. If you feel this might be too long to answer in a Q&A, may I humbly suggest this is an other-center-ranked episode. Smiley face. Thanks for reading, and may the force of others be with you. Uh, thank you very much for the question, Brian. Uh, I think that uh, we could we can probably discuss this and still uh, perhaps some way someday do another center ranked episode because we're not getting getting to hear Jennifer's uh, list. Uh, maybe we, this would even be a fun one to do another center ranked uh, when the strike is over because yeah. I think we 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 we're trying our best to not obviously we're not you know doing every episode all about uh, Star Wars. We're we're trying to every once in a while we mention the existence of a movie from a struck company or whatever. This one's a little harder, so I, I think we're going to try to talk about the actors without necessarily mm-hmm. citing a bunch of roles and scenes in specific movies, so we're not just listing uh, struck movies for 15 minutes. Yeah, going to try. Yep. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so we'll we'll walk we'll walk that line. Come come on the tightrope with us, and maybe we'll do a more expansive episode. So, Ken, just to start with. How many people did you write down? Did you make like a uh, a list of five, or do you have like seventy two to pick uh, from? <laughs> I didn't. Here's I didn't write down a lot because it's an interesting, much like clothes. I have to break it down into eras. It's it's changed a lot for me over the years, and when I remove one from the list, so to speak, I don't really truly remove it. I'm just focused on someone else, and that's also how what happens. New actors emerge on the scene, or some performance grabs you in a way that it. Uh, the actor hadn't 
before. And then so you kind of get a, a period of time where you're like, oh, I'm going to I I love this person's work and I'm going to talk about this. And then and then that fades away. So um, and I don't mean that as a cheat to be too vague. I'm happy. I'm going to dive into some specific names. But yeah, I, I, in trying to make those lists, I was like, who, who really is it beyond just, you know, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher? Like, you know, you know who, who is it? But but that goes to that. Where for a while, those were my three favorite actors because I was uh, seven and nine and ten. And, and that's, those are the movies I watched over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did see Kramer and Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer very early. And I didn't know what I was watching other than a weird tense drama where a kid got hurt. Like, I just, you know, I didn't know who Dustin Hoffman was. So, yeah, that's where my that's where I go. The, the breaking it down by era is great because what I did, uh, I did not spend the time on this that I would if we were doing a ranked episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I would made a list and then I would have uh, winnowed it down. Um, but I really started to run into the era thing. I also realized that, as you were saying, a lot of my favorite uh, actors are, I, I love them in a specific role because they're tied to a, uh, a specific story that I love. Mm-hmm. Um like I could easily list Kyle McLaughlin, but a huge amount of that is Cooper. Uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so I was mm-hmm. trying to kind of challenge myself of like, who yeah. who are actors who are maybe they are attached to to a thing that I really love, but who are those actors that across eras like when I see oh that movie looks kind of interesting and I'm kind of curious about that TV show. Wait, that person's in it? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and there is overlap. There are people who from you know some of the big things that I love, but there are people on my list that are just like. I'm going to really think of like, who am I just always excited to see their name pop up in the credits? Mm-hmm. The uh, separating it from the character is a great thing. Uh, and you could go to a, a, a bigger example in pop culture, like you are with Kyle McLaughlin, or you, you and I could talk about some of the, our lightsaber wielding heroes. But like for me, a great, a great example of that is, is uh, the actor comedian JB Smoove, who it's, I love him, but it's really, it's, it's his character from Curb Enthusiasm that I love. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And I, I legitimately think that that Mark Hamill is one of the best actors to, mm-hmm. to ever do it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but there is also that, you know, the, that connection that you're talking about. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, how, how many, I, I just, I just, I, this was like the shotgun approach. I have like 10 people written down. How many do you have written down? I have less than that though. I, I cheated because <laughs> I really have like 80 under one banner. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting puzzle. Yeah. Is it yeah. like what? Like uh, you'll, get, the, you'll, uh, you'll know it. The moment you, if you, if you stop and think about me and over the years, you'll, you'll, you'll be like, Oh, I know where this is going. Cause you, okay. you, you've even poked at this in a fun way on some, uh, some of our data bank shows before. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. start me out with a couple. I'm going to go to to one that's still uh, an absolute favorite. It, it came uh, during uh, an era when I was, uh, you know, in high school. Uh, so this is uh, the, the early to mid '90s, and um, maybe the reasons back then had more to do with uh, uh, outside appearance. Um, but I absolutely uh, think this is one of the best actors out there uh, of that era. And and if she had more opportunities or wanted to do it, she, she'd still be that. And that's Madeline Stell. Um, I was a big fan and uh, that for a while was an annoying part of my personality, probably to my friends. Um, when some of the movies, uh, in from the 90 to 94, 95 range were out, uh, she kind of, at, uh, at one point, uh, her husband, Brian Ben Ben got a, 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 a farm, a ranch in Texas. And she kind of went out there, had a, 
had a kid and, 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 and kind of went out of the limelight. And then she came back. There's been a few times she'd come back and one of the TV show revenge. Uh, I remember that. Um, but she's just, I don't know, just, just uh, again, trying to avoid specific performances, but it, it went from, and I'll just say it, you know, I was, you know, I thought she was hot. I was a high school kid. And I was like, Oh, I like that. actor. And, and, and the challenge for, for, I'll just say the challenge for us, uh, us men, I think is to push past that. And, uh, great. Cool. You have a, a, a physical attraction. Cool. That's, that's chemistry. Got it. But what's there and what's, and, and every time I, I, I dug a little deeper into what she was doing on screen, she just absolutely became one of my favorites and is just a, a heavyweight for me during that era. And it's still, um, one particular movie is one of my top 10 favorite movies that she, uh, anchored and, um, just love everything she does in it. So that's where I start. Madeline Stone. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I have always been a, a fan of of uh, sort of classic Hollywood, um, and been spending uh, some some fun time revisiting uh, films that I haven't seen in a long time, uh, paying a little bit more attention to certain actors, and 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 hunting out a little bit more of their um, their less famous uh, roles if they're in a couple of you know really w- uh, well regarded films. And and I've got some a couple of people on my list from sort of uh, back in the past who are, you know, long-term favorites uh, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. some who are like, I've gravitated to more now. And the, the first person I wrote down, wrote down on my list is uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Um, oh, yeah. One of the, the sort of classic leading ladies of Hollywood. Uh, she is in some very famous noir films. She's in some very famous comedy films. There's a, a, a Preston Sturges mm-hmm. film that I watched recently, which was just sort of like, um, I feel like I've never seen this film, but somehow it's in my DNA and mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's always fabulous. Uh, uh, but in particular, what is so amazing about her performances is she starts in the thirties. Uh, so I think she's got some kind of early films that are, that are pre code, uh, and that, that can mm-hmm. be a little, uh, a little racier, a little more honest, Mm-hmm. Um, a little darker uh and then she starts you know in, into the 40s when you when you're getting into the everything's got to lock be locked down you can't show this the, the the movies have to end like this um and she there's there is uh something raw wry and sly and honest and devious mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little dangerous about mm-hmm. her that she's just got this amazing chemistry where uh where she can sort of hint at the truth uh mm-hmm. the subtext with a look and it's really powerful it makes her powerful in comedy and in noir and in you know um uh, romantic comedies all sorts of things so mm-hmm. uh, i've been really fascinated with uh, with finding her some of her lesser known movies that's great that's a classic yeah, yeah, and then yeah. on the complete other uh, opposite end of the spectrum, a long-term favorite is uh, Peter Lorite. <laughs> oh yeah, one of the original character actors. I That's think cool. maybe our culture still recognizes Peter Lorite impressions. I hope so, because if not, we're losing <laughs> something as a culture. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, a big animated show we've covered that he pops up. Yep, right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And if you if you don't know Peter Lorre, give yourself the treat. Look up some of his actual performances. Look up uh, cartoon versions of him over the years. Uh, incredibly distinctive um, character actor. And he, he did have range. He played some variety, but it just almost this perfect sort of like 
sniveling, trying to get one up on the hero, but never really getting what he deserves. It's just a <laughs> phenomenal character actor. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, so those are some of my uh, my older time uh, people. Uh, who else you got? Um, I, uh, I have to, one of the people that always calls me is trying to call me now and you're going to hear the phone. I have to turn this phone, <laughs> <laughs> call back to the earlier conversation. Um, so that I, I don't, I'm not trying to, I guess I'll just keep sliding through the airs, but so in, in the, in the mid nineties, uh, I was studying screenwriting, film production. I thought it'd be a director, uh, you know, maybe a little comedy and maybe a little acting, all those kind of things. And, um, that drew me to, um, two names that have popped up a lot during this era. And, uh, uh, there's a funny story about the second name, but, uh, Ben Stiller and Ed Burns. Hmm. So Stiller, you know, for a lot of reasons and him emerging from the sketch comedy world and kind of a leading man. There's a lot of movies in the mid nineties that I loved. Uh, there's a superhero one in 99 that is just one of my cult favorites. Um, but Ed, Ed Burns, I would not describe him as, you know, one of the world's greatest actors, but I, I, I just love what he was doing. And there was some, he was for a while, like one of the indie filmmakers in a time where I was trying to figure out how to do this. Mm. And so I really liked what he was doing, maybe more as a, as a writer, director personality in the space versus what he was doing on screen, which I'm not here to disparage him. And da, 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 he was in the, in Spielberg's uh, World War II picture, all that kind of stuff. But I, then when I was in LA and, and uh, my second level, the groundlings, um, <laughs> our teacher asked this, so funny, Brian. Our our teacher asked this exact question to all of us. What are some of your favorite actors? And I want you, I want to know because that might inform how you write or improv as a sketch. So I proudly just go. This is about two thousand year two thousand. I go. Oh, I love Ben Stiller, and I go. I love Ed Burns. And people in the class go. No, <laughs> literally audibly. And one girl, girl sitting next to me, shakes her head. And and this isn't you know to my knowledge wasn't because of anything he had done or you know wasn't necessarily that case. Um, it just was like, people were like, that's the incorrect answer. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but I like his stuff. I like, and our te my teacher, Tim Bagley was very nice and very like, and let him have his choice. <laughs> I got, so I got shamed into never watching his stuff again. I just, I literally let myself be bullied. I just never, I was like, well, bullied out of Ed Burns. Bully out of Ed Burns and his gravelly East coast, uh, Ed Burns. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I'll never forget that feeling. Maybe that's why I'm so I try to be better now as someone who defends what other people like in space sagas and whatnot. As I, I just an entire improv sketch class turning to me and going, "Your answer is wrong." <laughs> uh, I think interesting people often have those answers. That are like <laughs> what? You know, that's the other thing with this list is like, yeah, sure, Harrison Ford, yes, of course, yes, of course. But right? there's also a part of me is like, well, but these conversations are fun when you make discoveries, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. Ed Burns. Like Ed Burns, again, it, it's not not my answer. Just at the time, Brothers McMullen, all these kind of things, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, yeah, I kind of want to do that. I'm studying what he does and how he did it. And, so and like, he's, a, he's a great person uh, for you to bring up as far as I'm concerned, because we're trying not to mention too many specific uh, films and television shows, and I can't name a single one Ed Burns is in, so <laughs> no risk. There you go. There you go. Uh, and yeah, still, I still like Stiller and all that kind of stuff, but uh, there was just a time where it just was, um, um, especially in terms of sketch and everything. And me as a performer was, uh, he, he's kind of a, an underdog, ever man leading guy at the time. So I, he was described by, I think, Gene Triplehorn as, um, as uh, I think, ex girlfriend at one point of, you know, the thinking man's leading man. And I just liked that. I was like, that's how I'll win. I'm not going to win by being the leading man. I'll be the thinking man, leading man. 
I he 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 was doing the same kind of comedy that for a lot of reasons that I think a lot of uh, men of similar similar age were doing mm-hmm. of smart, nice, but really upset about life and always yelling. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are like, I want to do that. Yeah, which led to his superhero character in that movie. Uh, yep. Hold on rage. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yep, that's a good one. Um <laughs> Uh, a couple more for me. I'll, I'll whip through some of them. I have a, a, a deep love of uh, character actors, of mm. actors who uh, are fully capable of, you know, playing leading characters and have in in some films or television shows. But there is something just a little off about them, a little bit unique. Um, in in two of those, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, uh, oh, I, I oh. love him to death, um, uh, and uh, Jeffrey Combs who mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. in several Lovecraft-inspired films and then is uh, on a space show uh, where he plays multiple characters. Just uh, I, I had the privilege of meeting him at the Lovecraft Film Festival uh, last year, uh, and, and mm-hmm. there were some jokes that involved him, and he was a sweetheart about them. But just as an actor, if you've never seen anything he's in, uh, he uh, gives intensity uh, an, uh, <laughs> a, a whole new uh, world. He, yeah. he's, he's incredibly great and intense. That's great. That's great. A um, couple quick ones for me. Emerging from the Stiller Burns era was also my love of Chris Cooper. Um, mm. uh, God, yeah, this you're right. We're going to revisit this week, Doug. But um, there's just a moment in in, in a. Uh, it, it, I'll just think in Great Expectations. I, I won't talk more. It, it, there's just a moment in that film that he has that's um, one of the most heartbreaking moments I've ever seen on film. But it's played so beautifully, and I remember that moment thinking, "This is back in the era where, like, you, you know, you don't, you're not online, you, you know, you don't have the IMDb app." And I was like, "I got who is that?" Like, and he'd been in things before, obviously, but I was just like, "This, this guy just broke my heart in, in the most wonderful artistic way." <laughs> and I, just, I loved him. and, and uh, that's all the movies, and you know, still going strong and had some big swings as well. But just, I, and I guess you. He's he's a character actor, but not I don't know. It, it, I, you're you I don't know you 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 know what I mean when I'm like he's he's not the lead hero. <laughs> he's usually doing something else. Yep, yep. I uh, love him. I uh, also uh, John Goodman. Uh, and yeah. I go going, going ways, but right now with the television show he's on, um, uh, it, it just reminded me of just how wonderful, how much of a presence he is, what he can do. Um, his, his you know coming of age with a, a popular sitcom late eighties, early nineties range was. Uh, how I like so many got to discover him, but he's much more than that. And, and some of his work with the, the Coen brothers and everything is just, mm. it just, I, I just absolutely love him. And, and I think there's a wonderful um, skill level, but I'll just also just to a, a warmth to his presence. And, and um, then the final one before my final one is I have to say Steve Martin, but that's not even, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Oh no, sir. There's another one too. George, George Clooney too. I went through a Clooney <laughs> phase. I got to say I went through a Clooney phase because he is a leading man. He is a class. He is good looking. And after he emerged from his big TV show stuff, there was um, the super superhero phase, the action star phase. And that, I didn't like that phase. It didn't seem right. Right. He seemed like a chin and a, and a big paycheck to me. Um, and then I think he went to some other places that I, he has, he's in some of my favorite movies and has some of my favorite moments. Um, but Steve Martin's more than just an, you know, just an actor to me. He's, he's a creative influence an icon to me in so many different ways. And so, but it would be, it, you know, be, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't include him. Yeah, no, I, I, I wanted to uh, include him, but hey, I thought you were going to. <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, for What's me, that? he's such a, 
he's such a uh, renaissance creator i love him as a comedian i love him as a playwright um yeah and love him as an actor all sorts of things a painter a poet an essayist yeah 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 get you yeah 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 uh having said that uh i i i searched my soul do, do, do i mean this do i mean this and i do uh speaking of renaissance people uh you know my, my friend i talk about fairly often on the podcast frank sinatra um, yeah yeah He's a really unique actor. He was a, he he was he wanted to be a one take Charlie. He he preferred he would he would rehearse. He knew his lines and he wanted it to be uh, as authentic as possible. And he wanted to do as few takes as possible and mm. get the get the good take first. Uh, he he is known you know for some of his life story. He's known for his music, mm. um, but it was a huge part of his career and his success. His music comeback would not have been as as successful had he not had a a, a film comeback that was a huge huge turning point uh, for him. Uh, and he is in some of my favorite movies. And what I appreciate about him as a performer is, even though he is capable of, of uh, great precision, he wants things to be raw and human and real. And that's, that's part of good, bad, or otherwise, why he wants to be uh, one take Charlie is to get that restless energy and capture it and, and uh, get it in, in one go so it's as raw and real as possible. And as a result, uh, some of his film roles from the... Uh, from fun musicals where he's, you know, mm. uh, kind of a, a naughty scoundrel <laughs> mm. to uh, really some of the most serious and upsetting dramas you can find. And he's got the humanity and the gravitas. He's one of my favorite actors as well as one of my favorite singers. No, that's no, that, that, that's a very smart pick. I think, it, I think awesome. that wouldn't be considered by a lot of people, you know? Yeah, no, their loss. So yeah. how many more do you got? I just got, I got about 80. Um, but uh, it's in one thing. And it's uh, pretty much the entire cast of Game of Thrones, <laughs> which is ah okay. uh, yeah yes yeah. I was thinking like, is there some is there is there a baseball team that did a movie <laughs> together? That? Um, yeah, and and it, and it I, I you know I, I kind of actually mean that like it's like for for a long time, and that's why you'd. Uh, our our databank brawl episodes around here. You 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 did an entire you know. Uh, oh, that's right. Cast members from that show in our space saga show, uh, you know and. And um, I just continue to be blown away by by top to bottom, um, from the the top of line stars to the to the feature players showing up for a, a day. They just always seem to find just some really wonderful, compelling actors. And and um, and, you know, there's always going to be little moments here and there that don't work. Sure, I get it, but just like I, I just was continued con continually blown away by just the performances all through that series. It's one of the reasons I love it. And it, 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 for me set a personal high standard for a lot of other performances and a lot of other things, if I'm being honest. And, and um, there's a reason I wanted to pull every single one of them into the space soccer world. Cause I just want to do it. <laughs> and, and in the end, many have uh, many have um, in big roles and small, but uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a joke. I know, but it's like, it, it really was. I just like that person and that person and that person. And it's because of the show. Yeah. Yeah, that no, I think that uh, the show was cast incredibly well, and all of those actors have uh, such great uh, uh, range and gravitas, and mm -hmm. yeah, I, I could I could pick almost uh, almost any of them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I have I have two other uh, categories that uh, I'll make quick as we uh, as we wrap up here. Um, so a, a couple of the people from our space saga that I did want to mention because they have uh, such expansive careers beyond it. 
they are people that I gravitate toward, that I, I sort of want to watch as much of their filmography as possible. Uh, and that is uh, Ewan McGregor and Christopher Lee. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just something about Ewan McGregor. He's, he is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. He has great dramatic chops. He has great comedic chops. There is the connection to him from the, the space saga. But he is definitely just one of those, I'd watch him uh, read a phone book uh, type actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that everything he touches, everything that he's in is is better for having him in it. Christopher Lee, I've been obsessed with. Uh, I've always in, really liked him, uh, and I read his uh, his autobiography last year around this time, mm-hmm. and I've just been obsessed with him with his fascinating life and and the mm-hmm. the way he struggled with confidence too. And you're like, you're you're like <laughs> you're an amazingly tall. Uh, dapper man who's made over a hundred films deeply loved and respected and his book still starts out like i guess some people didn't think i'd have anything interesting to say about myself nobody's ever liked me because i'm so tall i didn't i'm always wondering if people think i'm a good actor i think i'm a good actor i've tried hard and like it, it's, it's it's so amazing um but man uh learning more about him the 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 you know um I'm not going to say resurgence, the even higher profile he had from some right, of his right. uh, roles in in, uh, in genre stuff uh, mm-hmm. in in the 2000s. You know, thankfully, let a lot of more people know about him. But uh, mm-hmm. his great work in all the Hammer horror films, uh, it, it just kind of uh, endless uh, accomplishments. He's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the last one I'll do. Ken mm-hmm. is I I just I was I was really trying to just like shut my eyes and go, who comes to mind? And then some people came to mind, and then I had to ask myself. Why? Out of all the different people that you could list, why did this? It's a list of three people that popped into my my head: Timothy Oliphant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ian McShane, uh, oh, yeah. and the sadly uh, recently departed Lance Reddick. Yeah. Oh, oh God, he's so good. Oh, God, in corporate ducks. Ah! <laughs> I know, right? Name's just so hard. It's just yes. I know. I know. I could. I could list like four different shows mm-hmm. where he, where Lance Reddick did his Lance Reddick thing. That is mm-hmm. some of my favorite shows. Like, okay, why did why are these three? And I realized, I I think these they're kind of actors that come up on people's lists, and I think it's because of their their presence. Mm-hmm. They're they're acting talents are there and they've got range and they can do different things but they often get cast in the i'm not putting up with your bullshit roles. <laughs> <laughs> uh in it in in for me it isn't sort of um the uh sort of uh john wayne sort of uh i'm in charge always and i get to tell you what to do they're almost mm-hmm. always play characters who are like there is much to oppose me Mm-hmm. but I am planting my flag and saying, nope. And there's something, they're charming, they're good actors, but there's something so cathartic about that role. When you've had a long, hard day and you've put up with all sorts of <laughs> uh, bullshit and then you, you turn on a show and you see Ian McShane's eyes blare out at you and just have that attitude of not today. <laughs> it's just, it's so comforting. And his Deadwood catchphrase, I shall not repeat here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, even after the strike, we shall not uh, shout that out. Uh, my friend and I, as a benefit, did a um, what if uh, what if uh, that show Deadwood continued to a four season, and I got to play in McShane, and it was it was one of the most liberating things I've ever done. <laughs> Can imagine? Uh, <laughs> it's great. That's great. 
Yeah. Ah, love yeah. it. Uh, yeah, we could go on and on and on. There's so many names and you, you're you probably out there listening going, but what about, what about, yeah, you're right. All, yep. around, all yep. right. Answers, all right. Answers. Yep. This was an exercise of like, I'm literally going to give myself only five minutes and just see what, what flies out. Yeah. And uh, in the future, a more organized list with Jennifer's, mm-hmm. I have no doubt, surprise contributions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can come in the future. That's wonderful. Any other thoughts on uh, on uh, favorite actors? Why you gravitate toward them? Anything like that? Nah, just uh, Edward's fans unite. Let's uh, let's let's meet. There's going to be three of us. We'll go to a coffee shop. Well, we had an answer about how to build uh, or a question about how to build community, and now we have the answer. <laughs> it's uh, your own private Edburn society. There we go. There we go. <laughs> your people are there. Find them. Well, that is it, Ken. You want to let people know where they can find us and send us uh, your Ed Burns fan fiction. That's right. Uh, you were on Twitter for Center Pod. We're on Hive Social. We're on Threads. Uh, we'll get to other spots too. Facebook pages for Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Podcasts available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, and a whole lot of other spots. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Follow me at cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. From there, you can get uh, information on upcoming comedy shows and my uh, recently released comedy album, In My Day, recorded live in London in front of many force center friends. It is available. Check out, if you want, the special edition on Bandcamp at kennapsock.bandcamp.com. Uh, over 30 minutes of bonus material. Uh, Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you want to uh, stay caught up with uh, where the short film I've been working on, The Nightmare Adorable, where that is playing at uh, different festivals. I'm keeping a, a running list on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Just scroll down until you see the little picture of the monster, and then there's the information. And uh, I, I celebrate Ken releasing his album on Bandcamp, and I'm going to continue to piggyback on that by reminding you about my comedy albums on uh, Bandcamp. I do think Bandcamp is a, is a great uh, artist, uh, friendly artist forward uh, forum. And in particular, uh, Bandcamp is uh, is tied in for me with my production company. Uh, I really need uh, more funds to submit the film to more film festivals. So if you want to check out a comedy album on Bandcamp of mine, that will uh, directly help me submit my film to more festivals. So that is it for me. That is it for Joseph. That is it for me. That's it for us. We'll see you all soon. And uh, celebrate your favorite actors here on Other Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.